Is this a spiritual podcast? <laughs> sure is. You're listening to Wild and Holy Radio, the realest conversation on spirituality, finding your truth, and creating a life that honors your soul. I'm your host, Megan Hale, and together we'll grow in more faith, more love, and doing our holy work in the world. We've always been holy, and we were born to be wild. Permission to be both is granted. This episode is brought to you by Wild and Holy Weekends. Our Wild and Holy community has been fortunate to welcome both men and women who are seeking more truth in who they are, what they believe, and having a closer connection with something higher than themselves. And for that, I am so grateful. Wild and Holy Radio is the safest container on the airwaves to explore who you are, find your truth, and create a life that honors your soul which is why Wild and Holy Weekend is that next level experience for doing just that. If you're a woman tuning into the podcast, I have a special invitation for you. The next Wild and Holy Weekend and the last Wild and Holy Weekend until fall 2018 is happening September 22nd through 24th in beautiful Austin, Texas. If you've been craving to have more self-expression and expand into your next level to experience life work, and love more fully, this retreat is specifically for you. We'll be spending two days and two nights clearing the way for you to love more deeply, take more courageous action, and come home to who you are spiritually that will change the way you walk through the world. And just like on the podcast, you'll be guided with practical spiritual tools in the most loving space to simply be who you are, explore what's possible, and let go of all the fear, uncertainty, and sometimes even confusion that have been holding you back. Join me in Austin, Texas for a truly unforgettable weekend that will free your soul, honor your truth, and set you on a powerful path to be your fullest expression. You can find more info at wildandholyweekend.com. I would love to welcome you to Austin, Texas for a weekend of expression and expansion and my last retreat until fall 2018. Visit wildandholyweekend.com for all the details and to secure your spot for Texas-sized hugs, tacos, truth, and expansion. Hello, friends. Oh, my goodness. So this is our first episode on regularly scheduled programming. It's Monday, and this is episode five, and we are picking up where we left off on our three-part series two weeks ago, or I guess it was last week since Wild and Holy Radio officially launched into the world, and we're we'll talking about the second spiritual shift that accompanies expansion. But before we get into this super juicy episode, I need to say thank you, thank you for giving Wild and Holy Radio such a warm welcome to the airwaves last week. Not only did we smash way past my goal of 250 downloads on day one, but so many of you left the kindest reviews that left me feeling so honored 
to be part of such a loving, beautiful community of spiritual seekers. So seriously, you guys, thank you so much for your continued support. And just in case you're feeling like you missed the boat, maybe you're just now joining the party. I don't want you to feel like your opportunity has passed you by to help support the podcast. Your reviews are still incredibly helpful in just letting other spiritual seekers know like what we're doing on Wild Holy Radio and why they should check it out. So please continue to share your thoughts and your feedback by leaving a quick review on iTunes. It is so appreciated. So as you recall, on episode three, we started diving into part one of the three types of spiritual shifts that accompany expansion. And today we are diving into part two. So if you haven't checked out part one, go and listen to that one first, because this episode is going to build off of that episode and a lot of the groundwork we were laying out as we were talking about paradigm shifts. So we actually wrapped up that episode with a small yet mighty statement that actually leads us perfectly into today's spiritual shift. And you might have totally missed it because I didn't draw much attention to it. So what I said was that paradigm shifts change the way you think and feel about everything. And that's where we're heading today. So the next type of spiritual shift that accompanies expansion is what I like to call TFD shifts. And much like paradigm shifts, TFD shifts also create a great deal of contrast for us, but they also carry something else, which is a shift in consciousness. And here's what I mean. So first of all, TFD shifts stand for shifts in how we think, how we feel, and what we do. And there's a very specific reason I'm sharing those in that order, which we'll get to in a second. So when we go through a paradigm shift, the way we look at the world changes, right? The way we may view ourselves changes. The way we may have explained events or concepts or beliefs change. And it's a really big boat rocker to how you experience your life. We talked about that on part one. So understandably then, the way you think and feel about something also changes to be more in line with this new viewpoint or belief. And when our thoughts or feelings towards something change, our behavior, what we actually do, changes with it. So for example, in episode three, I mentioned my paradigm shift around the Bible, okay? Because I had previously believed it held no spiritual value, bold statement, I know, (laughs) and that it was primarily a tool used to condemn and judge others, my thoughts and feelings around the Bible were mostly negative. I didn't think highly of it. I felt closed off towards it. And to be quite honest, anytime someone shared a Bible verse or scripture with me, I'd have this like a visceral reaction of my skin crawling. Like it was a very physical experience for me. And to continue in full honesty, that reaction hasn't just automatically gone away. I've had to actually consciously remind myself of this new paradigm as I've waded back into church and warmed up to the idea of studying the Bible. Okay, and this is a really, really important piece because this is what I mean about a shift in consciousness. A paradigm shift doesn't just automatically move us 
to experiencing something in a completely new way. <laughs> there is usually a level of consciousness we have to employ to help move ourselves there. We have to move our experience into alignment with this new paradigm. So take the example I gave around the scarcity of time. When I all of a sudden realized that there was always an abundance of time, it didn't mean I just all of a sudden walked through my life with less stress. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? That would be so awesome. But that's not how it works. Because our paradigms hold a lot of ingrained patterns of thoughts, feelings, and subsequent actions. The paradigm shift is the first part that usually happens without a whole lot of intention, right? We kind of talked about that on part one. We work on a certain area of ourselves for a certain amount of time, which creates a readiness, right? For this paradigm shift to take root. And it kind of comes along as like, bam, like our eyes are just opened and we're like, whoa, I see things totally differently. But that's because there's like enough softness there for this new paradigm to take root, right? I'm here to tell you that <laughs> shifting our TFDs is not like that at all. <laughs> and, and I know this is kind of disappointing because although paradigm shifts don't really feel like they take a lot of work, they actually do. We are doing kind of like behind the scenes work to get ready for the paradigm shift. We're like, we're clearing the land. That's what we're doing by doing our personal development work. So when a paradigm shift happens, there's fresh soil as a soft soil for it to take root, right? Then we actually have to nurture these new seeds to grow, which is where TFD, shifting TFDs, that's what we're really talking about now. So changing the way we think or feel, and then most importantly, what we do, because nothing actually changes until what we do changes, this requires intention and conscious effort. And in the beginning, oh my goodness, in the beginning, when these paradigm roots are so small, they're babies, making these types of shifts to our, to our thoughts and feelings and behaviors can feel so excruciating. Okay, so let's go back to the Bible scenario. So I didn't just all of a sudden feel safe walking back into church after my paradigm shift. That would have been great, but that's not how it happened. So what really happened was it was a really long process of even warming up to that idea of what I felt called to do with this new paradigm shift, right? And I'll tell you a little secret I have, I've yet to share with anybody. So the first time I went back to church, this, this is so bad, <laughs> I intentionally went by myself, I took my child who sat with me in church, and I didn't wear my wedding rings because I wanted to see if I got any judgmental looks. Seriously, this is like where I was emotionally, okay? <laughs> so embarrassing. When I started going back to church, and just in case you're wondering, I actually didn't receive one single dirty look, and I was kind of disappointed in a way because I'm like, wow, this whole time, I thought these were like so, such judgmental places, and here I am. There's like no judgment at all. That's weird. So anyways, so if paradigm shifts create an openness to see things differently, TFDs create the shift to actually experience things differently. And the way we experience things differently is by shifting how we think, 
how we feel, and what we do. And each of these take conscious effort. I repeat, <laughs> there isn't any automatic shift as in paradigm shifts. This is where a great deal of our spiritual work is because it's here that we start moving into a new evolution of self. Okay. So changing our thoughts, feelings, and actions changes the way we experience something. Okay. So just because I had a paradigm shift around the Bible doesn't mean that I'm going to automatically experience the Bible differently. I have to consciously shift the way I see this, the way I choose to experience it and let the old thoughts, feelings, and behaviors go. So the whole avoidance thing, which is a behavior, by the way, how'd you let that go? Because if I, if I see the Bible through this whole new lens, avoidance no longer fits with that paradigm. Do you see? So one of the biggest paradigm shifts that has helped me utilize TFD shifts the most is the idea that I always have a choice, how I experience my life, how I experience events and how I experience myself. And one of the best books you will ever read on this is man's search for meaning by Viktor Frankl. Okay. This book will open your eyes to so many things <laughs> on just the power that we have to give meaning to our lives, to our life experiences. This is where a lot of magic happens in helping us expand into a new version of ourselves. And if you listen to the Enoughness Revolution, there was an amazing guest on. We had such a great conversation around this. Her name is Shira Gura, and she is the creator of the Stuck Method. Okay, she has a whole book, whole program, whole everything. She has a new podcast out, which I'll link to in the show notes. But we had a really rich conversation on how we give meaning to our lives. So definitely go and check that out. So before, before this paradigm shift of choice entered my life, <laughs> I used to think that life happened to me. It just happened to me. I felt completely out of control of my emotional well-being. I would flip out quite easily. I'd experience quite a bit of emotional turbulence, like high highs and low lows. And I would feel like I really couldn't find the middle ground ever. And what life really felt like was one giant pinball machine bouncing me around from one life event to the other. And there wasn't a great deal of conscious effort back then. I simply got pushed around by all of my internal cognitive processes. And because of that, my emotions were all over the place. And when it came to changing toxic behaviors, oh my goodness, I felt completely unqualified and unskilled at changing those. And in fact, it seemed that I'd always end up back in disaster as if I was taking one step forward and like 10 steps back. And let me tell you, that was a very, very exhausting, okay? But when I finally realized that I always had a choice about how I thought, how I felt, and most importantly, what I decided to do, I no longer felt like this aimless pinball getting bounced around my life. I started to feel more in control. And this control piece is crucial because if we have a desire to be the person we know we're capable of being, 
then we have to consciously choose to live into that. I'm, I'm going to repeat that. <laughs> if we have a desire to be the person we know we're capable of being, then we have to consciously choose to live into that. Okay? So there is a lot of conscious effort that goes into that. There's a lot of intentional action going into that. There's a lot of mindfulness and self-awareness that goes into that. And when you're not used to living this way, it can almost feel as though you're tired all the time <laughs> because it takes so much mental energy in the, in the front part of this, right? But what this also means is that there's no more pinball going on. And what this really means is that you're waking up. You're waking up. So no longer do we get to live our lives on autopilot, simply letting our minds run wild or running back to old paradigms because we know how to think, feel, and do inside of them. No. <laughs> because once you see something, you can never unsee it. And I'd say that's the biggest drawback, actually, of paradigm shifts, because you can't go backwards to what once was. You've already crossed into what could be. And if your thoughts, feelings, and actions don't shift with it, what happens is that there's this nagging sense that you aren't living up to your new values. You aren't living up to your new beliefs. And the price of this is heavy. You might feel fake. You might feel not good enough. You might feel frustrated on an almost daily basis because you are so acutely aware <laughs> of the contrast that this is creating. You've had this paradigm shift, which creates contrast already. And because your thoughts, feelings, and actions aren't in line with this new paradigm shift, that creates an even greater contrast, okay? And contrast is very uncomfortable for a lot of us. So the, the lucky thing is that this contrast, these negative feelings of feeling fake or not good enough or feeling frustrated, they can actually be quite motivating in getting us to do something different. Because when we get sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, we will do something to change it. And, and just as a little caveat, because it took me a really long time to figure this out, you don't have to get sick and tired in order to make a change. In fact, I advise on getting ahead of that, okay? You don't have to get to that rock bottom moment in order to make a change. And I lived my life like that for a very long time. I had to hit rock bottom before I was willing to do something about it. And that's where stubbornness, hard-headedness, really was a disservice to me, okay? So, the grand majority of our spiritual work is spent right here in the TFDs because even after the magnitude of paradigm shifts, paradigm shifts, they only open the door. They open the door to what's new. <laughs> we still actually have to walk through it. We have to walk through the door. So how do we actually walk through the door and shift our TFDs? And the short answer is conscious effort. <laughs> now, your next question may be though, will these always take conscious effort? And the short answer here is no, no. When you get to the third spiritual shift that we're gonna be talking about that accompanies expansion, a lot of the effort that it took to shift your TFDs, your thoughts, 
feelings and what you do is no longer needed. So there is hope, okay? This is going to feel like it takes a lot of conscious effort in the beginning, but eventually this will become your new normal, okay? So back to the first question though. How do we shift our TFDs following a paradigm shift? So quite simply, you guys, reminding yourself of the paradigm shift alone can actually be quite helpful, okay? So remember, paradigm shifts usually feel very contrasting to how, to, how you used to view the world. They usually create a lot of resistance, right? So in order for this to be your new normal, you're going to have to remind yourself of the shift you've experienced. So for example, let's say you grew up in a church where considering other spiritual practices wasn't just frowned upon, you were told that they were flat out wrong. And if you practice anything other than this one faith, then you were going to hell. Okay. But let's say you had a very personal, intimate experience with God outside of this one particular faith. And because of that, you had had the paradigm shift that other spiritual practices weren't just okay and allowed, but they might actually be your way of connecting deeper with God. Okay. This is a very personal experience that rubs up against this paradigm, right? They're telling you these other spiritual practices are wrong and bad. You have experienced them in quite a different way. So does that mean <laughs> just because you've experienced this paradigm shift that these other spiritual practices are okay? Does that mean that all the fear you've been carrying just simply goes away when you consider going to a spiritual retreat, for instance? No, not at all. <laughs> because although the paradigm might have shifted, that this thing is, is now okay, right? This might be your way of connecting deeper to God. It doesn't mean that the thoughts, feelings, and actions have necessarily shifted along with it. So what will most likely happen is you're going to have to intentionally remind yourself that the past paradigm you are living under is no longer a part of your belief system, right? And this is part, this is part of the spiritual discernment that we're starting to lay the groundwork for now on the podcast, okay? Starting to identify what your belief system is, what feels like your truth. And you might actually have to give yourself permission like over and over again, to sink into this new paradigm you've experienced, reminding yourself of your truth until it starts to feel real. Because then and only then will your thoughts and feelings about other spiritual practices gradually start to really change to one of true acceptance, where you're not like looking over your shoulder, wondering if somebody's going to catch you or get mad at you for doing these things, right? And then and only then will you be able to actually practice these things without feeling like you're doing something wrong. Does that make sense? Do you see the journey? So there's the paradigm shift, <laughs> but then there's actually moving into this, moving our thoughts, feelings, and actions into alignment with this new paradigm shift. And this is why we spend the most part of our spiritual expansion here, because this stuff takes work, right? It takes conscious effort and intention. So here's another example. Let's go back to the situation I was mentioning on episode three, where you've been cheated on. And because of that, it's created the paradigm that people are untrustworthy. Okay. So this is where you're starting. So now let's say you're in a new relationship 
and this new person has given you absolutely no reason to mistrust them. Yet you still find your thoughts wondering if they're really telling you the truth, if they could possibly be lying, if they may be withholding information from you. And these kinds of thoughts naturally increase your worry and anxiety, right? And it's, it's hard for you to relax around them. It's hard for you to be at ease. And you can't allow yourself to fully love them because what if they end up being a liar just like the last person and you're hurt all over again, right? So you actually find yourself wanting to go through their phone when they aren't looking. You find yourself wanting to check up on them to see if they are where they say they are. I think, I think you're getting where I'm going here, right? So these thoughts, feelings, and actions are all deeply tied to the old paradigm that people aren't trustworthy. But this isn't the paradigm you want to hold onto. You're trying to shift into this new paradigm that people are trustworthy, that it is safe to trust. You've witnessed people being trustworthy, something you're actively working on. So why then are you still thinking, feeling, and acting this way? The answer is because we have to consciously bring our thoughts, feelings, and actions into this new paradigm with us by reminding ourselves of what we believe now. People are trustworthy. If that's your truth, then is there a need to worry about someone being honest or dishonest? Is there a need to check up on them if they're telling the truth? I think you know the answer to those questions. If the new paradigm is true, if that's your truth, that people are trustworthy. So inviting yourself into these new thoughts, feelings, and actions will take a great deal of conscious effort at first. They're not going to feel like your automatic go-to, but over time, these new thoughts, feelings, and actions will become your new normal. And before you know it, you'll actually forget what it used to be like inside that old paradigm. The old paradigm is what will feel weird and untrue for you. That's how you know that you have made it through the second spiritual shift. Okay. So here's my invitation to you. When you go through a paradigm shift, you can feel as though the way you look at a lot of things changes, right? And I shared a lot of great examples on episode three, but nothing really actually changes until you start thinking, feeling, and doing things differently. So TFDs in the early stages usually bring with them a lot of discomfort <laughs> because thinking, feeling, or doing things differently is going to create that contrast, although it's like in a little bit of a different experience of it than paradigm shifts, okay? So because of that, it will most likely feel like you have a low level of mastery. You'll second guess your new thoughts, you'll second guess your new feelings, and you may even chicken out on your new actions, which has totally been my experience. Like I will work myself up to taking this new action and when it actually comes time to do it, I'm like, I get too scared and I chicken out. <laughs> and that's just where you are, okay? So TFDs take a lot of conscious effort and intention, but they also take something else. Well, in truth, they take a recipe of something else, okay? And this little recipe is actually where the deep spiritual work is, okay? So I want you to think of TFDs as the top layer. 
it's the end game, the desired result, the visible expansion, right? That other people will notice. The bottom layer to get there though, is what we need most. And it consists of four things. One, the courage to do something different. Two, compassion when you don't get it right. Three, hope you'll get it right eventually. And by right here, I mean in line with who you wanna be, okay? There's congruency here, there's authenticity, there's integrity, these things make things feel right for us. And four, the tenacity to try again. Okay, so CCHT, <laughs> courage, compassion, hope, tenacity. And I'll do a full episode on these because there's so much to cover here alone. But I wanted to make mention of them because paradigm shifts are only the beginning to opening the door. Okay, TFDs actually walk us through that door. But courage, compassion, hope, and tenacity, they're like the little engines that help us make it through the door. Okay, they're chugging us along because there's actually one really big thing that I forgot to mention <laughs> on all of this. And if you're a client listening right now, I know you're going to roll your eyes because I say this all the time, but it's true. And we both know it. I'm, I'm winking at you right now. We do. When you're working on changing your thoughts, feelings, and actions, these aren't a one and done thing. They're a cha-cha and a quite frustrating cha-cha at that <laughs> because you take a few steps forward and you take a few steps back and this can go on for quite a while and ain't no shame in it y'all okay because this is how creating a new normal works but what i've noticed within myself and with my clients is that we have extremely extremely unrealistic expectations for how easy and fast it should be to change our TFDs. We think we should get it right the first time around and boom, we're done. We're changed. This is our new normal, right? <laughs> but this is not how it works, you guys, which is why courage, compassion, hope, and tenacity are your spiritual firefighters for dealing with your own self-judgment. Okay, these are your spiritual tools that keep you going when you feel like you walk through that door and walk right back out, only to walk through it again, <laughs> to walk right back out, you'll need, you'll need those little engines to keep on pushing and holding you until you get to the other side for good, okay? So I want you to keep that in mind because that's why we spend the grand majority of our spiritual expansion in the TFDs because although we're moving, it can feel a lot like we're crawling and nothing is wrong, but especially nothing is wrong with you. This is the cha-cha friends. And the better you learn to dance with courage, compassion, hope, and tenacity, the easier you sashay through that door of change. Okay. So just a quick question. Does anyone who is listening <laughs> happen to have a natural inclination to practice courage, compassion, hope, and tenacity. Is that your go-to? Is it? It's not? <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> you mean you had to work at it? Me too. Me too. 
And the reason I mention this is because a lot of us beat ourselves up that we aren't more courageous, that we aren't more compassionate, that we aren't more hopeful, that we aren't more tenacious. And these usually are not skills that we're just given. These are skills that we actually have to cultivate, practice, and build up over time. Okay, they're like muscles that we have to learn how to flex. And I think that that's a really important piece here because when it comes to changing the way we think, the way we feel and what we do, it's going to require us to have a lot of courage to actually do these things in the first place because we're still rubbing up against that old paradigm, right? So we have to work at cultivating the courage so we can shift these things, right? The first time. And then we do the cha-cha. We do the cha-cha, and that's when all four of these things <laughs> really come into play, okay? I mean, I have spent the grand majority of my life working on these four spiritual tools to ex expand into who my soul needs me to be. And they are still four very powerful spiritual tools that I still practice and flex and build up and try and master to this day. Right? I think we can always be more courageous. We can always be more compassionate to ourselves. We can always be more hopeful for the future. And we can always be more tenacious by not giving up. They never get old. They never expire because no matter who you want to become or what you want to achieve, I can promise you that those four spiritual tools will be needed along the way. Okay, so we just wrapped up part two of part three, <laughs> we've gone through paradigm shifts. We've gone through the TFDs, changing our thoughts, feelings, and what we do. Now we're moving into the last one, which is why we do all of this work to begin with. And I will lay all of that out for you in part three, which is coming your way soon. I'll see you guys soon on another episode of Wild and Holy Radio. Bye.